Hello there, this is Mark Bauerlein with another conversation. Today we have Patrick Riley with us. He is president of the Cardinal Newman Society, which promotes and defends faithful Catholic education. Welcome. Welcome, Patrick. Uh, great to be with you. Thank you very much. Now, the, the reason here for you to come is not a happy reason. It's about an episode that took place, uh, was it in December that this happened? Actually, it was the end of November, yep. End, end of November, okay. Why don't you just go ahead and lay out for us the, the whole episode? Well, you know, this is, uh, it was Christmas time, uh, approaching Christmas, and uh, there was a group from Toledo, Ohio, from an all-girls Catholic school, uh, Notre Dame Academy, that was uh, attending a performance of the Nutcracker in uh, Chicago, and, uh, you know, happy time, great thing to do. They had paid for their tickets. Uh, they were in the theater and the chaperones became aware that uh, the, uh, the acting troupe had apparently decided to replace the parents of Clara, the main character, uh, with a same-sex couple. And at that point, that's all that they knew. Um, apparently, this is something that had been talked about in reviews of, of the performance, uh, but they were not aware of it at the time. And so w the, when they became aware of it, they were faced with a, a dilemma. You know, here they were with a group of, of eighth grade Catholic schoolgirls, and it appeared that the play was being used as, as an advocacy piece and that uh, there was clearly an agenda here in, in changing out the characters. And it's something that certainly the Catholic Church uh, would not consider to be appropriate, uh, a same-sex married relationship. And so they had to make a last-minute decision. Um, they contacted the principal. They uh, consulted with each other, and in the end, the dean of students made a decision to remove the students from the theater before the play started. So there was no real disruption aside from you know the obvious of a, a group of students getting up and leaving, and probably people wondered what was going on. How, how many students were there? Do you, do you know? I'm not sure of the exact number. So it was an eighth grade school class. So you know you could picture probably a few dozen uh, with with their chaperones. So it would have been something people would have noticed. But you know they did it in such a way. As far as I can tell, I've been able to find no evidence that there was anything said or done that should have offended anybody except for the fact that they left. And so they got up and left, and uh, that was was the end of it. I'm sure some of the parents weren't happy uh, that they missed out on the play. I'm sure some of the students weren't. But what happened is that the very next day, an alumna of the school got onto social media and started of course. Complaining about it, right. Um, and they also started sharing their social media with the uh, the local media in in um, Toledo. And so it immediately became a media event. The articles were written about it. Uh, the school uh, that evening, the president of the school, came out uh, on social media with a statement actually saying that what the chaperones had done was inappropriate and was a violation of the school's inclusion policy, which is something that the board had approved in 2014. And that policy stated uh, in part that you know this school was, was inclusive, welcoming of all people, and was welcoming of those uh, even based on 
or, or regardless of sexual orientation or gender identity. And of course, those are the buzzwords that are now being included in non-discrimination statements. And We'll get to that inclusion statement because you've written something for First Things on the website talking generally about the adoption of these inclusion statements. But so the, the president goes out and apologizes. Was there any, was there a discussion with the pre, between the president, the chaperones, the teachers, uh, anyone on the board of the school about this? Or is it pretty clear the president took this upon herself? It was done rather quickly. So it was, as I recall, it was the very evening that this first got out on on social media, on Twitter and Facebook. So aside from that, I can only conjecture that the school has refused to talk to the media. And so a lot of the details are are rather murky. You know, most of it is what people have, have exchanged on social media. Patrick, why do leaders in this position of running conservative religious organizations not yet realize that apologies never get you anywhere, that it, it, it doesn't work. Yeah, I, you know, I, I generally agree with that. Um, you know, there are times when, when we simply have to apologize for something that was clearly done wrong. I, it's, it, but I mean, first of all, in this case, there was, as far as I'm concerned, there was absolutely nothing done wrong. I think the chaperones were heroic in making a decision that was was entirely appropriate, and no one would have blinked an eye 20, 30, 40 years ago um, at this kind of a decision. Um, they would have blinked an eye at at the, the situation with the play. That's you know, it's sort of a, as I said in the article, it's a 21st century problem. But um, I, what I find particularly appalling in this case, aside from the, the moral issues, is that uh, just the the leadership decision of the president to basically throw under the bus her volunteers, her dean of students. Uh, apparently, the principal was consulted on this and approved the decision. So she undermined the entire leadership and volunteer base of the school. And I think that was rather tragic and certainly uh, you know, not the way you lead a school. Well, you you quote a, a couple of phrases from her Facebook post apologizing for the event where she says that the action was contrary to, quote, NDA's true values. Now, in, in situations like this, whenever I see the word values, you know, my, the hairs on the back of my, my neck uh, start stand, standing up. This is... Your NDA's true values are Catholic doctrine, and Catholic doctrine is very clear on on this issue. So, how, how do we how do we get in a in a situation like this? How do we go from very clear, simple, straightforward Catholic doctrine to a Catholic school's quote true values? What has happened here? Well, I think what's happened, and I think this is really across the church you know, all the way from bottom to top, we've, you know, we have, have our teaching that, that the, the sin is wrong, but that we don't discriminate against the individuals. And that it's not unique to the issue of, of homosexuality. It, it applies to, to really any sinful situation, right? This is not an unusual teaching of the church, but unfortunately what's happened in this particular situation is that across the church, 
when when we talk about sexuality and and gender identity and all these other issues, the topic always surrounds inclusion, always surrounds this thing about how you know we have to be compassionate, we have to be care be caring, we have to be helpful, which is all one hundred percent correct, right? But it we're we're never willing to talk about the other side of it that that we are talking about sinful behaviors or at least an inclination towards sinful behavior and and it's it's gravely sinful and so you know i think there are a lot of catholics a lot of lay catholics who are somewhat understandably um confused by all of this because the minute the issue of sexuality uh, comes up their immediate instinct is well above all right above all we need to just stand back and not offend anybody and not stand strong on our principles because the most important thing is that that no one feels that we are somehow being judgmental or discriminatory to them and i think that's a very dangerous situation because you're you're putting yourself in a position where you're disregarding the uh the sin, which ultimately is is more important than offending. You know, we we see the gospels, we see how Jesus talked to to some people at times, and and there are times when people are going to walk away sad, right? Um, they're not happy with what you have to say, and so we have to be as uh, gentle and careful as we can. But the the teaching, the doctrine, the the right and wrong is really the more important thing in these conversations. You know, what goes into a decision here about making making the father, uh, the the parents of Clara and the Nutcracker same sex? I mean, I mean, we we know on the surface, of course, they want to normalize. They want to say there's really no difference between same-sex parents and, and opposite-sex parents and that they're, they're, they're doing it through popular culture. Uh, but when they make this decision, what do they think about audience members? I mean, is, do, they, do they believe everyone is just going have to have to swallow this whether they like it or not. I mean, they had to assume that some attendees would be a little uncomfortable, even those who were just basically traditionalist people. They might not even be social conservatives. They're saying you're changing the whole dynamic here. In in the Nutcracker, this is a family situation. Making same-sex parents changes everything here. So what what are, what are they thinking? I, I what, what are they imagining themselves doing? Well, you know, I can assume on on the one end there are a number of people, particularly in the arts community, who who already uh, are are fully of the sense that that a same sex couple is is completely normal, and and com- there, there's absolutely anyone who reacts in any way to that, there's got to be something wrong with them, right? And so, I guess if you have that perspective. And you realize that most traditional pieces of art, you know, do not include same-sex couples. Then you may say, well, you know, we ought to insert this every once in a while in order to ensure adequate representation. And you know, you could see that say if you if you couch this in terms of race, you know, um, 
most classic works don't have a role for for a black person or something like that right especially coming from from you know western europe or something and so you may insert that so that you know there may be something with that but you know anyone who doesn't realize that in these days there there is still quite a significant dispute over this and there's there's quite a large number of of people who because of their religious beliefs um uh, or or natural law beliefs you know find this to be completely abnormal and uh you, you have to assume that there was some sort of agenda here in terms of advocacy you know, it may have been subtle but there there was certainly an attempt to try to normalize this through the use of a a very traditional piece that everyone everyone knows the story and everyone knows that it's not a same-sex couple in the the original story so this was a change that was made um on the on the other extreme and this is where i really sympathize with the chaperones you know if if they understood that the play that it was simply a same-sex couple and it was very subtle and it wasn't going to have much influence on the students it would have made the decision more difficult right because they're not you know, they have to question whether whether it's that bad of a situation that the students shouldn't be there, I would actually argue that it was. But they didn't know what else was coming. You have to assume that there could be, I mean, this could be really flagrant. The whole thing could have been completely turned on its head, and they had to uh, anticipate that. You know, the, the progressives on this issue, they want to have it both ways. They want to regard sexual desire, sexual preference as profound, and it's, it's identity forming. This is who I am, that it is fundamental here. And they want to say that, well, same-sex desire is no different from heterosexual desire. You know, the, look, which is it? Is, is it? is it something so extraordinarily distinct, or is it just, you know, uh, instead of this, I like this? And they use those two sides selectively, right? I mean, they would go for the number two here. Same-sex parents, opposite-sex parents. Come on. You know, that's just no different. And I imagine what they tried to do was to cast the, the chaperones as just these hysterical, overreacting, and bigoted creatures, uh, who so, well, wait a minute, am I supposed to react or am I not supposed to react? Am I supposed, to, if I really appreciate it, then I have to realize this is, again, a fundamental decision has been made about the nature of a family here. Uh, and so, yeah, but and I didn't, I didn't pause to think about when you said, well, they didn't know what was coming. Uh, and, you know, the way... You know, the way the way the, the license taken by contemporary producers with traditional materials, you, you never know what's coming. Indeed. Uh, all right. So so what happened? OK, so that they run to social media because this really is how, how you form the mob uh, these days. So you couldn't just leave it alone. I mean, look, they walked out. They didn't want to attend. Why not just let it go? OK, they didn't want it. And so they left. Why can't that be the end of it? 
You would think, uh, you know, it could, but obviously, again, there's a, an agenda, and you know, as 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 activists for the same-sex agenda see it, you know, they need to take every opportunity to make an issue of these things, and so, in that sense, I suppose it's understandable. Now, I do have to say, right in this case, it wasn't activists who first made an issue of it; it was this alumna, and and that's the real danger that I think. Every single Catholic school and college, every Catholic institution, every parish, well, really every religious institution needs to be very, very aware of. And that is that it's not simply outside organizations that that completely don't believe what we believe and have a completely different point of view. And therefore, we have this dialogue or this advocacy going back and forth. But but many of those who adhere um, or believe they adhere to to our faith uh, within our churches, within our schools, within our institutions are very much co-opted by the way our culture has embraced these things and don't yet see the contradictions. And again, I think this goes back to the fact that we're so afraid um, and and frankly, rightly so. You know, I'm always always nervous talking about these issues. Um, you know, we're we're afraid to to address these things because of the vitriol, because of the 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 attacks that come on us the minute we even express a a natural law or or Christian position on these things. Yeah, no one likes to see here. You're an awful person. You're horrible. And it it yeah, it comes and the social media, of course, makes it uh, a piling on. Uh, process as as well. Uh, they're they're very they're very organized. Once things get get out, and they they have numbers, they have big numbers to go after people. Uh, now, so what happened then when you you had this apology, and then was there has anything has it just kind of died down? Um, you know, I've seen some of the the social media exchanges back and forth, and the problem is, of course, you can't really declare anything that's said there as as fact without verifying it. Um, as I said, the school is not talking to media, so it's it's difficult. Um, basically, what I think is clear is that there's real division now uh, and a real split within the community there. And I think that that's a real shame. I mean, just a few days before this incident, they had their, their local bishop of Toledo, uh, I'm trying to remember his name, who was out uh, visiting the school and they had a great event and and he was uh, celebrating the the catholic identity of the school and then then they have this and um i'm i'm certain that they must be having uh some very difficult internal discussions what um what i do know is that the statement made by the president has stood it's still online it's still available um, nothing was changed or retracted, and that disturbs me greatly because that suggests that perhaps the board of the school, uh, the president's superiors or, or team, uh, are backing the statement that she made, which I think is is a bad sign for Notre Dame Academy. It's also a loser strategy. I mean, when you say, look, everyone, save your breath, we're Catholic we adhere to Catholic doctrine, period. And tell this press, say this to the press. Go ahead, go ahead and just be frank. Be open about what you are 
And you can say, go ahead, fulminate. We are, we're Catholic, and we adhere to Catholic doctrine. Right, and I, I think that inclusion statement could have been used in a positive way, although I have problems. I, I think inclusion statements can be a real dangerous thing in today's environment. But, um, you know, she could have simply said, hey, you know, cool down. Notre Dame Academy has always been deeply respectful to everyone. Uh, nothing was done here that I can see that was disrespectful to anyone. We were simply doing what we thought we needed to do. But we will always do everything we can to be compassionate, respectful, and never to insult anybody. And here, look, you know, back in 2014, we even publicly said this. Um, you know, this is part of the culture of our school. She, she could have done that in a very positive way instead of effectively um, publicly disrespecting her uh, her leadership and her volunteers. I think that was a real shame. Well, I haven't seen the inclusion statement from 2014 in Notre Dame County. You, you quote a few phrases from it. You talk about it being, quote, an inclusion statement. It, it has terms sexual orientations and, quote, gender expression. And as I see it, Patrick, the, the minute you adopt their language, you're inevitably going to pay. It's going to be used against you. I mean, inclusion is not a, a Catholic term. It is, I mean, not, not that you know, the basic word inclusion doesn't, it's not that it doesn't correspond to Catholic teaching, but it's a loaded term. And it's a, it's a highly historically charged term at the present moment. Don't use their terminology. Exactly. And I think, I think most people have. I mean, we see the bishops, we see the Vatican using this terminology, and I think it's very, very dangerous for two reasons. One, the, the point that you make that even if the terms had a meaning that that we understood them to have um the fact is that the general culture then impugns a, a whole other set of of ideas around these things and so when the you know there are a number of catholics who think well there's nothing wrong with talking about sexual orientation that's just another way of talking about inclination to same-sex activity and we certainly recognize that that exists and we don't discriminate against anyone because of it, but we tell them, you know, not to act on it because that would be sinful. Um, and so they don't see a problem with it. The pro but the fact is that the second reason why we don't use this language is because it actually is false, according to Catholic theology. There aren't se sexual orientations plural. There's one sexual orientation, man to woman, woman to man, that that God orients us toward, and then there are inclinations that may go against that, and that that is that's what we believe as Catholics. Um, gender identity, you know, yes, there is such a thing as gender, and we do have an identity, but but when that term is used, it's suggesting that there are identities outside of your actual gender tied to the sex that that you were created with. And so when we use this terminology, we actually are essentially giving up the the game. We're we're essentially saying we agree with what what you think um and uh we're just pretending <laughs> to be catholic. And and that's that's a real shame. I'm sure that's not the intention of the inclusion statement, but that is what it effectively did. 
Has the local bishops, local priests weighed in on this controversy or they just they just stayed out of it? I've seen seen nothing. I've seen nothing from the diocese, not publicly. Um, And I think that's a shame as well. Uh, You know, it is the kind of incident that you really wouldn't want to make a big public spectacle out of it. It it should just have been a routine thing that Catholic schools need to do in a in a highly secular and often hostile culture. But given that it it did make the, the news and and has gone national and and a lot of other media have picked up on it, um, you know, it seems to me that it would have been very helpful to have uh, statements guiding how Catholic educators should handle these things, because I am sure that the next school uh, across the way in Toledo is going to be very nervous. Yeah, that was my question. What lesson from this episode are other Catholic school leaders going to take? Because, you know, the, the going after Notre Dame Academy isn't, I mean, this is another case where going after them is not just going after them. It's also telling every other Catholic school, you better watch yourself. This is going to happen to you if you take take a stand. In, in that sense, I don't know that it's a bad thing, because that's exactly what we're telling Catholic schools as well at the Cardinal Newman Society, that that you you'd better watch yourself. You'd better be prepared for these situations, and you'd better make sure that everyone who's representing the school is prepared. Now, our argument would be, be prepared by knowing how to do the right thing and and have the, the courage going into it to do the right thing, even knowing that you may get this kind of a backlash. But unfortunately, when when educators don't hear that message, I do fear that it, it creates a, a chilling uh, situation where they're so afraid of, of the firestorm and the criticism and they're seeing, you know, even the president of the school coming after uh, these, these chaperones that, um, you know, they're just going to be afraid to do anything that, that might bring this on. And, and, and that's a shame. We're basically making them less uh, courageous to do the right thing. Well, I would, again, regard this as a miscalculation in that I think that most people would say that uh, changing the nutcracker to have the same-sex parents is not a good idea. And especially when you've got 10-year-olds in the audience. Uh, And that while they may thought, while while most people might feel, ah, maybe the chaperones, you know, overreacted in in, in taking the kids out, when they saw the accusations leveled at the chaperones and calling them bigots and, and so on, and the active, the LGBT activists going after them, I think public opinion would fall down on the side of of the chaperones here. And that there are a lot of people who just want to see leaders stand up and say, you know, this is what we are. And we're going to hold firm to that. That the contrary 
of apologies, saying we're sorry we gave offense. I mean, how, how, many, how many people are just so fed up with caving like this? They're looking for strength. They're looking for firmness, even if they don't entirely agree with it. Stand up for principle, please, someone. Exactly, right. And, you know, it's one of the arguments that I've, I've been making about uh, that, that I do think there is something positive in these cultural shifts for Catholic, for religious education. And that is that, that families have to be getting fed up with what's happening in the public schools, what's happening at many of the elite private schools, and even many of the, the so-called elite religious schools. And they're going to be seeking places that that are firm. And, you know, it, it doesn't have to be with the bravado of Trump, right? It has to be with a certain firmness and just rationality and, and nor- normality, right? That that these schools just just do it the way we always did it and 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 put right before wrong and do their best to form young people uh, as uh, to be you know responsible young citizens who can really think about things and act maturely and and when you see adults not acting maturely um, it sets such a poor example I think for the students and that's the other tragedy here on that Patrick Riley thank you for joining us thank you 